Fantasy Sports Radio Network. News update. In the NFL, NFL.com's Ian Rappaport reports Antonio Brown's latest appeal in his helmet saga will be heard on Friday. Rappaport hints a resolution could be reached the same day. News and notes from Major League Baseball. We await word on Chris Archer of the Pittsburgh Pirates. He exited his start Tuesday night against the Nationals due to right shoulder discomfort. Archer made it through a scoreless first inning. He left the mound after an errant warm-up pitch before the top of the second. Robbie Ray threw a 35-pitch bullpen session on Tuesday and felt good. Ray was placed on the injured list back on August 15th. Astros manager A.J. Hinch said he is, quote, not optimistic that Carlos Correa will be able to avoid the 10-day injured list. Correa left the game on Monday night for the Astros with a back injury. I'm Dan Strapper, and this has been your Fantasy Sports Radio Network News Update. Stay tuned to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network for more updates at the top of every hour. This year, um, so uh, I'm pretty set on the guys that I'm taking where and, and depending on where I'm drafting from and stuff like that. But drafting, uh, drafting second, uh, threw me off and uh, always drafting with experts. I, I mean, there's uh, someone always jumps way up or slides way down that you weren't expecting kind of messes up who you're getting and stuff, but I'm pretty happy with my team overall. I don't believe that we're playing it out, but I really wish we were just to see. Sure. Or I just want to see how the team ends up. The truth, I'm, I got low. I've got tons of wide receiver depth, but no running back depth. It's so all about that. Interesting wi- to see. It's interesting. I'm seeing a lot of this, Nick, a lot of this wide receiver Depth and the guys that are taking all these running backs early, uh, pouncing on that wide receiver depth, not exactly your star studded wide receivers, but kind of hoping some of these guys pop. And that's ultimately what I'm going to turn today's show into the players that we're hoping pop. Why? Because they have been hyped all preseason long, not necessarily by us, by beat reporters, by Nick, evidently, <laughs> guys that everybody loves in the industry. And they've gotten so hyped that they're going way higher than when we started this out several months ago. Their ADPs have all soared, and now we're trying to see if they've soared too high. Uh, a player like Christian Kirk, that's, that's where we'll start, right? Like, everybody coming, coming in the season, Frank, EY, Nick, everybody loves Christian Kirk, right? But you look at Arizona, it's the air raid-ish offense, fast pace, new quarterback, new offense, and yet it's the same old terrible offensive line. So you wonder... How is Kyler Murray going to have time to even get the ball out? Christian Kirk's current ADP in the NFFC, as I have it here, states at 70, let's just call it 70. Okay. He's the 70th player, give or take, off the board. Is that too early for you? Is that still where you're getting, like, saying, of the price? Or no. Or is it just right? I definitely don't love the price. Uh, I missed the ninth and 10th round Christian yep. Kirk when we were able to get him there. I think the hype and some part due to me probably because I don't stop talking about him ever has gotten too high. However, um, Adam Leviton tweeted out a very interesting nugget from this week's preseason game. Now we don't look at stats. We like to look at personnel usage and who's running with the ones. He said, Kyler Murray has played 28 snaps this preseason. Christian Kirk has been in on 13 of them. Kirk has been in the slot on 77% of his snaps um, where Larry Fitzgerald typically lines up. So Kirk is not seeing full-time starter snaps which is extremely concerning because that was never the question here with Kirk it was more like will the offense fit together this offense has looked miserable now I know a lot of people are like oh they're not really running the air raid they don't want to show it they don't they're they're not putting together a whole fake offense in order to put on display for the preseason yes maybe they're running it at a slower pace so that the defenses can't really know what they're in for when it starts but these are the same plays and you're seeing that O-line getting penetrated on every single play it doesn't look good I was someone who 
Um, I, I was skeptical to buy in on the other pieces of the offense, but I liked Christian Kirk a lot just due to his pedigree. What we saw a limited sample size with Josh Rosen last year. I am not going to be drafting him in like the sixth round or seventh round where they have him now, especially after seeing what we saw in week two. I still think he's the wide receiver to own in Arizona, but we got to pump the brakes here. It's interesting because as much as, as Christian Kirk was hyped, Dante Pettis was hyped just as much, and everyone's kind of cooled down a little bit on him because of what we heard about starters reps. But you talk about what Levitan tweeted, and you can look at what San Francisco and their starters. And Dante Pettis plays every snap with the starters. He may not have the hype anymore, but at least the snaps are there. Yeah, he played on every single snap with Jimmy G. That's Jimmy right. G looked kind of miserable. That sure. situation scares me from the point of, you know, when you're looking at fantasy quarterbacks, most of the guys that fall within that quarterback 9 to 20 range are all around the same tier, right? Usually what separates them is going to be the weapons around them, the team, the offense overall, and there's a lot of hypothetical, you know, upside for the San Francisco 49ers team. But realistically, Pettis is... He might be the wide receiver one. He might end up playing all the snaps and be the guy for Jimmy G, but he's not a wide receiver one in the NFL. So the way I look at it is like you have a uh, Marquise Goodwin who also played all the snaps with the first team, and he is you know just a a, a piece in this offense who sure. can't stay healthy. You have a couple of rookies behind him. I just don't think the the weapons around Jimmy G are that good. We'll talk more about Christian Kirk, Dante Pettis, and the decision we made. We'll come back. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. So we've talked a lot about depth, EY, and how you can fill out this wide receiver, these wide receivers on your team when you stack your team with running backs. One of those guys is Christian Kirk, Dante Pettis, also in the conversation. EY, you heard what Nick had to say in regards to Pettis and in regards to Christian Kirk. How you feeling now? Um, I still like Dante Pettis. I actually okay. haven't moved him. I have him one above Christian Kirk. I know in that draft yesterday, I ended up with Christian Kirk, but I yep. wanted Pettis, and he went three or four picks uh, in front of me. To me, I feel like what the coach said about him was more of a motivating tool, trying to get this guy to, to give a little bit more in practice. I, I don't think it has anything to do with his ability or his skill. Uh, the other two guys uh, that, that are in the offense are rookies in San Francisco, and, and I believe in this offense. I think it's going to move the ball, uh, and the main piece of that is going to be Kittle and Dante Pettis. And you're probably right. I, I agree. I'm still in on Dante Pettis. Obviously, I'm in on George Kittle. But Nick, I wanted to throw this at you. And by the way, if those watching that don't already follow Nick, you can do so. At Nick underscore B-D-G-E on Twitter. That's Nick underscore B-D-G-E on Twitter. And we had a decision in a uh, industry league over the weekend. I've talked a lot about this, but I wanted to get your opinion here. And Frank, so Frank's in Poland. So I was left to do it all by myself, okay. which is fantastic. And as I said multiple times... It was like the best draft I've ever had because it was like, relax. I didn't have to worry about Frank getting mad at something I did. Um, he couldn't say anything. And I knew that if he was in the room with us, he would have pounded the table that in the sixth round, we drafted Christian Kirk. And I didn't want to do that. The guy I really wanted in that spot was Robbie Anderson, who went one spot before I could pick. 
So then ultimately the next guy on my list, and again, it was two days after he was reinstated, was Josh Gordon. Where does Josh Gordon fit in for you amongst all these wide receivers? Uh, he does not fit in anywhere amongst <laughs> those wide receivers. He's, he's not on my draft board, and I understand that people like to look at these small sample sizes of these players sure. you know, and look at the, the six games that he played 15 or more snaps. And, uh, Just so you know, we're going to edit all this out before Frank sees it. Okay, but, but I didn't want to make him feel better. Yeah, but continue. Yeah. Uh, I, like, listen, I mean, we haven't seen Josh Gordon be Josh Gordon since like 2013, was yep. it five years? People want to make all the jokes about how it's like, oh, the NFL will ban him for smoking weed or whatever. Sure. It's like it's not the NFL beating Josh Gordon. It's Josh Gordon beating himself. So as far as I'm concerned, I'm not actually sure about the entire situation with where he stands with the Patriots and when he can get on the field. I know they put him on the NFI list right now, so yep. he could be there for any you know number of weeks or months or whatever. Um, as far as I'm concerned, like I, why why draft problems on your team? Because problems will eventually find them, themselves on your fantasy team, whether it's injuries, whether it's suspensions, whether it's any of these off-the-field issues. So when I think about Josh Gordon, I'll let someone else take the hypothetical upside of him being a wide receiver one, which he was five years ago. But I think this offense overall is going to be a lot more run-heavy. They have Sonny Michelle coming back, hopefully healthy with the knee, invested in Damian Harris. They have Isaiah Wynn, who was their other first-round draft pick from last year coming back. I think it's going to be a very run-focused team, and I don't see the volume enough to you know have Julian Edelman, Josh Gordon, all these guys eat. All right, fair enough. Josh Gordon, not super high for you. I did wind up getting Dante Pettis a couple of rounds later uh, in the eighth, so it worked out for me. But let's continue on with some of these hype guys. And I don't know if there is a bigger hype guy, gentlemen, than a, I don't know, say, sorry, hype guy. He is a hype guy, but like preseason riser, preseason hype than Chris Godwin. Because it's gone, to me, it's gone a little out of control uh, at this point. In this draft over the weekend, Chris Godwin was taken with the last pick uh, in the third round. You saw at the start of the preseason, he was going in the fifth and the sixth. And we had the debate on the show, Kenny Galladay versus Chris Godwin. I thought it was a fair debate. It was a conversation that was worth having. Now you're seeing Chris Godwin go almost a full round earlier than Kenny Galladay. EY, I know you've had this debate with us in the past. Where do you currently sit with Galladay and Godwin? I think I got him around uh, 12, uh, wide receiver 12 or 13, which means I'm probably not going to have him in a lot of places. Uh, people are Godwin nuts. I yeah, mean, uh, the, the hype started very, very early. Arians didn't help the fact when he said that he's never going to come off the field. I mean, I don't feel like he should have come off the field anyways. He's that good of a player. To me, Evans is still the guy there. That's the guy to own. That's the the, the deep threat. That's the guy that's going to score touchdowns. Um, can Godwin do that? Yes, absolutely. But I mean, the hype is getting, it's getting out of control. And I just, where I have him ranked, I have guys above him that I think I will pick before him that other people aren't as high on. Tyler Lockett, Mike Williams, um, Antonio Brown. I, I don't know if I, I might have to down. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's it's hard, so hard to move Antonio Brown down. He's was a number one pick overall yeah. for a couple of years in a row. And now you're just like, I mean, is he even going to play? Like, I don't know. Like, who knows? But uh, for me, for instance, I have Chris Godwin even lower than you, man. Like, Chris Godwin, for me, is, is wide receiver 17, and Antonio Brown's a good question mark. And, like, he's in this mix still with the Rams wide receivers, with Kenny Galladay, and, and, and Tyler Lockett as well. And I'm also, it seems at this spot, not going to get it. There's a lot of people, Nick, that I, I respect, I look up to, um, and a lot of people who I read, I'm just like, wow. They know they're crap, and they're all taking Godwin high. Sir, you know you're crap. Is Chris Godwin now at, what, 39 ADP overall too high? Yeah, I was going to say with Eric, uh, having him at wide receiver 12 or 13 was one of the higher rankings I've seen in the industry. And I'd assume he could probably get him if he really had him that highly sure. ranked. Um, 
I I like Godwin. I'm not, you know, this is one of the the more fascinating storylines of the offseason. I yeah. think just Chris Godwin overall and Bruce Arians coming in as the uh, as the head coach in this offense should be fun to watch in theory. I, I'm definitely not going to be taking him in the third round. I like uh, Tyler Lockett, like Eric named over him. I'll take him over Mike Williams. It, it's encouraging everything you're hearing out of camp. But then again, like Bruce Arians has also pumped up every single running back in that backfield, saying that they're all three down, incredible backs, like Andre Ellington, 5'8", 160, three down back. He could handle the load. Like That's what you're going to get from Bruce Arians. So the fact that we did see him play every single snap in these preseason games with Winston, and he was the third highest targeted wide receiver inside the 10-yard line last year, and he played like 60% of the snaps. So I almost actually feel like he might end up with a, a Mike Williams plus season right. where he scores like 12 touchdowns, but it's like 60 catches for maybe 1,000 yards, but those touchdowns will get him to that point where anyone who was hyped about him will be like, yeah, I got this right. So I think at the end of the day, I would side with liking him more than fading him. Okay. I won't target him everywhere. I will try to own him. In, if I'm in Somewhere. five or six, I'll probably get him in one or two leagues. And, and that makes sense. You want your piece of Chris Godwin, just yeah. like everybody wants their piece of Chris Godwin, but the price continues to skyrocket. EY, you talked about um, Tyler Lockett, how high you have him and how high you are on him. Same, same for you, Nick. You're high on Tyler Lockett. I, had him, I uh, was in a draft a couple of days ago. Tyler Lockett went really, really high, and the guy that was like, I desperately want a Tyler Lockett. And yet I was reading... Oh, man, I don't remember who it was yesterday. It may have been Ray Summerlin. It may have been somebody else. We're not talking about, we're not talking about Tyler Lockett's role in the Seattle offense. We're talking about Jerron Brown's role in the offense and how he just wrote, you, got, you guys missed this because he's not on camera. But this, for, not, not just an eye roll, man. It was like the frown with the face. <laughs> like, this dude needs to shut up real quick. Um, that's all it was right there. And Jerron Brown in Pete Carroll's offense with DK Metcalf's injury, Maybe he fills the Doug Baldwin role, and Tyler Lockett is Tyler Lockett. Just judging by your facial reactions here, it sounds like this is something you've heard before and something you're disgusted with. Actually, you know what? I, I just finished my Week 2 preseason write-up, and I go game by game looking at things. And DK Metcalf now with this knee procedure, knee scope, whatever right. it is, I assume he's going to miss some time, and maybe he's going to be at a higher you know, risk, re-injury risk rating when he no gets doubt. back or whatever. So, yeah, it could be Jerome Brown, but Jerome Brown's also like 30 years old yeah. and he was in this exact same situation last year and, oh, hurt, and didn't do anything. He had five touchdowns on 14 receptions, which is pretty um, kind of like mind blowing that, that percentage rate. Mike Williams esque. Exactly. To, to uh, a mini Mike Williams, I guess. But like when you don't have a volume in a passing offense like this, I don't really see anyone outside of Tyler Lockett eating, especially if they're going to be thrown to their running backs more often. Ron Brown, I just like after 10 years of being in the league, I, I think we know who you are at the wide receiver position, you know, can, can I get you to fall in love, Eli, with Jerome Brown? No, if I'm going to pick another uh, receiver there because of the DK Metcalf thing, I'm going uh, with Moore. I, I think Moore, that yeah. he, could catch, he could catch some long balls there. Um, I feel like the Seattle's going to have to throw the ball a lot more than they're used to. I think their defense is going to be really, really bad, like really bad. And Russell Wilson is going to is going to skyrocket this year uh, compared to what he has been. He's been a guy that I've been avoiding mostly um, in, in fantasy football because uh, they just run the ball so much and they want to run the ball and they don't throw a pile. But he's super efficient. And I feel like his passing yards and his attempts are going to go way up because the defense is not going to be able to stop anybody this year. Yeah, their, their defense is definitely going to be something to keep an eye out for. They could be one of the, like, the, the worst in the league with all the injuries. I know Russell Wilson attempted nine passes in their last game. Tyler Lockett got four of them. Uh, Chris Carson saw, I think, three or two of them. And then Jerome Brown saw whatever was left over. So he might get the target share there. He's a supreme athletic guy, but Tyler Lockett's going to get the volume. Um, Russell Wilson's over-under for Vegas passing yards is like 3,600. So it's like, eh. We talked a lot about some of these wide receiver hype guys. 
Let's get into those running backs when we come back. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Become the eighth person to win a million dollars in the FanDuel DraftKings tournament, setting their lineups using DailyRoto.com's DFS Lineup Optimizer. Join the countless number of other people who have won thousands of dollars playing DFS using DailyRoto.com. If you're playing daily, playing daily fantasy sports and you're not using DailyRoto.com, Doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL annual pass with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. And that's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. Nick Arcolato is here. EY is here. I am Greg Sussman. And we talked a lot, guys, about the wide receiver position and some of these preseason hype players that I talk a lot about this in baseball that when you get to a certain spot and you are drafted there, it's not like a bonus with whatever they do. They have to do it. Otherwise, you kind of are screwed. And Chris Godwin has now entered that territory by being drafted in the third round. For some people, Nick, he may be, wind up being their wide receiver one. And he has to perform like that, or he has to perform like a high-end wide receiver two, or he does not provide value back to you. Yes, end yes. Of sta- end of statement. Um, I, I, I agree completely. I'm sorry. I was enamored by the live chat that's going on right now. We have a, we have a lot of nonsense going on in there. So shout, out, shout out to, to the big dogs that came and supported and shout out to everyone that normally watches the show. But yeah, Chris Godwin's price is getting to the point where it's like someone else is going to end up getting him unless you love him. That's really what it comes to. Hundred percent. Now I want to say, say I, I had him at seventeen, not twelve. I, I didn't scroll up far enough. So you and I both right there at seventeen. So we're, we're me too. I think. And, and, and Nick too. Sorry, I feel very good. Seventeen club. Seventeen. Congrats, club. Eli, we're way too close on these rankings this year. I feel very bad about it. Yeah, we're gonna do very well or very poorly. Yeah, together. Uh, at least we'll be together. Okay, yep. so. Now, there's two running backs in particular that the deeper we've gotten into draft season here, they've risen and risen and risen. And I, I haven't really done it, Nick. Like, I haven't put them, in all honesty, where I need to put them to get them. And that is Miles Sanders and it's David Montgomery. Two rookies, of course, uh, coming into the league with a lot of hype surrounding them now. Miles Sanders is in a monstrous glut of Philadelphia running backs, as seemingly there are always a monstrous glut of Philadelphia running backs. Jordan Howard, Wendell Smallwood, um, Darren Sproles. Uh, who are the other ones I'm missing? Right, like uh, Clement, Josh Allen, Boston Scott. Uh, um, whatever, whatever. There's a lot of dudes. Of Josh Adams, not Josh Allen. Josh Adams <laughs> is there too, right? Like, there's a thousand guys there in Philadelphia. In Chicago, there's not a thousand guys, but Tariq Cohen has his role. This team went out and signed Mike Davis, who. Didn't do nothing last year in Seattle. But all of the rumors and all of the hype and all of the coach speak is about David Montgomery and Miles Sanders. Now, Miles Sanders' is ADP, 65. So you're getting him in the middle of the sixth round, give or take. David Montgomery's continues to rise. At the moment, Montgomery, over the last week or so, his ADP is at 43. You're taking him in the middle of the fourth round, yeah. give or take. 
Which one of these guys would you rather have at that ADP? And do you like where they are going? So I actually like where both guys are going right now. Okay. Montgomery will end up as a third rounder, I think, by the time real drafts come around. I don't think any of the Chicago starters are actually going to play this week. So there won't be much more hype on David Montgomery, thankfully, if you're a fan of him. I personally, if I had to choose one or the other, like if it's like David Montgomery third round or Miles Sanders sixth round, yep. I'm going to take Sanders here. Um, I, I mean, I look at this Eagles offense and the situation, and I understand that Doug Peterson uses a running back by committee, but when they've had guys, like before Jay Ajayi got hurt, he was upwards of that 15-plus touches, and he's uh, Sanders is much more versatile, in my opinion, than Jay Ajayi. But, but my issue there was consistency, because I wanted to buy in to Doug Peterson because he came from the Andy Reid tree, and we all know the Andy Reid running backs. And that's why I... Doug Peterson's first year, I invested in Ryan Matthews. When he committed to running the ball, like Ryan Matthews got the ball 15 times a game. But then it would quickly go back down to six times a game. He would be the goal line back, but they would switch other people in. I'd be very, very frustrated by Darren Sproles. I did the same thing last year with Jay Ajayi because I thought, hey, full season with the Eagles, I'm going to feel good. And there were times he'd get the ball 15 times a game, and then all of a sudden he wouldn't. I'm worried about the same thing happening with Miles Sanders. It's a very good counterpoint, Ryan Matthews. I actually haven't heard anyone bring that up. But what I will say is Ryan Matthews was not a, a pick of the team, right? This Definitely. Eagles this Eagles team, obviously discuss it with the coach. And like, Ken, is this, you know, would you be okay with us grabbing Miles Sanders in the second round. Since like 2002, they've drafted three running backs inside the top three rounds. It's been LaShawn McCoy, Ryan Westbrook, Miles Sanders. And they're saying he reminds us of guys that we've had here, right? So they invested a second round pick into Sanders knowing that Doug Peterson is the head coach. And I'm sure Peterson gave the okay. Yes, we can use this guy in our offense. So I'm not too worried about the whole Matthews comparison, even though it is good because he's a big athletic back that you would think would take over the, you know, the number one role and get all the workhorse touches. I think most of these running backs will get cut. I think Jordan Howard will be a big piece in this offense over the first six weeks, but I think Miles Sanders is much more versatile. Um, and I think this is just going to be an offense that scores a lot, has uh, a lot of snaps, a lot of plays per game, and that's what I want for, uh, for a running back on my team. Who would you rather have, Austin Eckler or Miles Sanders? Ooh, ooh, the hot seat. Uh, I will take... Austin Eckler right now, I think I'm going to regret that immediately after saying it. <laughs> I'll take Eckler right now. If I had to split them up, they're so close that I would do. I would have multiple choices if it was multiple leagues. I'll Got take it. Eckler right now because I do believe Melvin Gordon's going to stay out for at least half the year, yep. and Eckler's going to be a borderline RB1 for those first like eight weeks of the season, like top 15, right? And on the flip side, you might argue that you know it's better to have a top 15 running back on the second half of the season, but I almost think it's a guaranteed thing with Eckler for, the, for at least the first half, so he can help you get into the playoffs where he might not be there end of the season. EY, I'll throw it over to you with this David Montgomery-Miles Sanders conversation. Uh, in regards to these running backs and where they're going, who would you rather have? I do feel Montgomery's path to, to a full-time starter role is is a little bit easier. Not not way easy because uh, Davis is there. They did pick him up and bring him over in free agency. But Sanders, I mean, it, the Philadelphia Eagles is loaded uh, at running back. I mean, they're they're absolutely loaded. People don't like Jordan Howard, but he's proven to be a very good goal line back. He could steal all the goal line carries away from whoever's the starting running back. Darren Sproles is, is maybe one of the best, if not the best, pass-catching running back uh, to ever play in the league. Yeah, he's long in the tooth, but they didn't sign him and bring him in f to not use him. Like he's, he's going to play. He's going to get receptions. He probably won't carry the ball at all, um, but, but he will steal receptions away. Uh, it, I like Sanders' uh, talent, and I like where he's going, so I'm probably going to end up with him on my team more. But if I had to choose out of the two, I would take Montgomery because I really believe in the Chicago offense. 
David Montgomery in the auction that I participated in on Sunday night. Montgomery went for $29. I know a lot of it's like when you're nominated and all that kind of stuff. But Montgomery went for $29. Miles Sanders went for $9. $20 discount. I'm taking Miles Sanders for sure. All day. Uh, at all that day price. long. Let me throw this at you, though. I asked Nick. I'll throw, put you in the hot seat, too. Austin Eckler or Miles Sanders? Miles Sanders, 100%. 100% for you. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Um, Whatever. <laughs> I'm over it. Are you, are you changing your mind yet? <laughs> no, I don't know. I'm good. You, you feel, you feel Let's good. roll. Let's roll Eckler, baby. Nick Arcolano is still I'm hanging saying, out. The reason, why, the reason why is I think that him and Justin Jackson will split, and I think Justin Jackson will get more carries and more goal line work than Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler was given the chance last year when Melvin Gordon went down, and he he pooped the bed to 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 say it to say it kindly. Sure. I mean, I know he's got all these uh, these amazing analytics and all these numbers, but to the eye test and when he was given the opportunity to, to be the bell cow guy, he couldn't get it done. And Justin Jackson flashed a little bit at the end of the year, another year in this offense. Uh, I know he's put on a little bit of weight. He's a bigger body, and I think he's a better traditional first and second down running back than Eckler is. I love Eckler as a player, but where he's going is absolute madness. He, I mean, at best, he's going to get fifty percent of the work in San Diego. You, you, you riled me up, man, enough to the point where I snapped my headphones off. and I, I get... fix those if you have any. Can you? Yeah, okay. we're gonna, yeah, you, we're need you, to you go off about it. Austin Eckler. I'll fix um, so Austin Eckler, yeah, I mean, one of the most interesting storylines right for the next week or so um, with Melvin Gordon now is who is going to get those goal line carries. Eckler is the pass catching down back here. We can all agree on that, right? Eckler is going to catch Absolutely. Last year, running backs in San Diego, Los Angeles, excuse me. Thank you. You might does it all the time. In L.A., had 134 <laughs> targets, caught 105 passes, 1,050 receiving yards, just running backs, and seven touchdowns. So if Eckler is going to catch the majority of these passes, he's going to go for over 700 receiving yards. I don't need him to be the workhorse. Yes, it was a very small sample size in which he didn't succeed as the workhorse You know, when Melvin Gordon was gone, but give me four to five targets a game, 10 to 12 carries a game, and you're going to get a guy who gets it done. Maybe it's 50 receiving yards, 50 rushing yards, a goal line carry here, a receiving touchdown here, but... uh but Eckler, Eckler's going to eat. You know, I read a stat, and again, I apologize. I don't remember who put it out there. But the last, when Ken Wisenhunt, the offense coordinator with the Chargers, had Danny Woodhead at full health, I mean, he was loading him up with touches, be it receptions, be it with carries when a running back was out. Now, of course, Danny Woodhead always broke down, and, and you're right, EY, that Austin Eckler may not be able to handle this. He could break down, and Justin Jackson could be a thing. You're not wrong. But I really believe that Austin Eckler is going to get every opportunity here to, if not be the man, be a significant fantasy contributor. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, it, me, it has nothing to do with, with me not liking Eckler. Just now that Gordon, you know, he, maybe he's going to sit out. I mean, we don't know. I, I, I agree with Nick. I, I think he's going to miss games for sure. Um, I, I still believe, even though Ezekiel Allen went back to Mexico, apparently, really? I still I didn't believe see that. that he is. Yeah. You went back yeah, I to Mexico? I, read, I swear I was reading that this morning. Now, yeah. we, well, he came back. He was he in back. Dallas for like yeah. a day. And then the, the Jerry Jones comments, and then he flew back to Mexico. Oh, uh, okay. Is that's, what I heard. Uh, a little bit of a what? Grudge. Well, they just signed Jerry Now, Smith I mean, I just was, that's scrolling through Twitter, uh, and uh, don't take Twitter as the place where so you're I, so, so, I now, so now I, now I just Googled <laughs> it. So it looks like he came back from Cabo uh, to get a haircut. He got a haircut. There you go. And now he's headed back. How ridiculous. I respect it, though. What a life. Interesting. What a life. 
Zeke's world. So yeah, I, I like Eckler, but he's just his, his the hype is is way too high, and I do believe I, I like Eckler as a player more than Jackson, but I believe that they don't tr- they're not going to trust him. This defense, I think, is going to be really good, even with the the loss of James. I believe this defense is going to be very very good. They're going to want to run the ball and control the ball, and I think Jackson is better carrying the ball than Eckler is. And a lot of that last year was. There were so many missing players on San Diego's defense. Bosa wasn't even signed because they held that he was holding out, uh, and they had to throw the ball. They were down all the time. They couldn't stop anybody, and I think that's going to be completely different this year. And I, I believe more in Justin Jackson as a ball carrier. You nervous about Ezekiel Elliott? Wait, what? You nervous about Ezekiel Elliott? I'm terrified, yeah. Like, he's moving down my yeah. draft board every day. He sits out. Every day he's not getting extension, and these other Dallas players are getting extensions. Only one. One, but they, Dak and Amari are more important to this offense than Zeke are. Wide receivers and quarterbacks are, are more valuable, so I think they're going to take care of those guys before Zeke. We'll be back to wrap this up after this. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast, and remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. All right, back here with you. And I asked Nick, going to the break and in the break, like, how nervous are you about Zeke? And he's like, dude, I am terrified. And he went more into it during the break, so I, I have to then bring up another hype guy that's been scorching up draft words, and that's Tony Pollard. And the whole Zeke who comment, like, is Ezekiel Elliott really getting back on a plane or Cabo for that? No, it's all negotiating, and I, and, and I get that, right? So Tony Pollard's been the guy that Cowboys fans and Jerry Jones – it's okay that Zeke's not here because we have Tony Pollard. So I'm a Zeke owner in an auction draft. And I'm, admittedly, I'm going to tell you what I did. And you can, you're going to laugh at me and make fun of me. That, that's fine. Can't wait. So I had the most money left in the auction. And I started just pouring in on guys like I liked. Like, I got both Packers wide receivers. I took Dante Moncrief. I have uh, D.D. Westbrook. I Real ha- quick, by both Packers wide receivers, you mean Adams and MVS? I don't. I mean MVS and Geronimo Allison. Because of a late guy. I was like, okay, like, okay, okay. For a few dollars. I was like, you better put some respect on MVS. I have, so I, I have MVS and Geronimo Allison because I, okay. I didn't know which one's going to pop. Fair enough. So I have both of them. I have Moncrief. I have Didi. I have Emmanuel Sanders, who I really, really like, right? So I had all of these guys in this range, three or four bucks. I had the most money in an auction. I took advantage. But in this drunken stupor, wasn't drunk, but it felt like I was, <laughs> I didn't draft Tony Pollard. So I wound up trading away Didi Westbrook or Tony Pollard, because I had to get Tony Pollard, and I had all these other wide receivers. That was the idiotic move, because Dede Westbrook's a hype guy in itself. I'll talk about him in a second. How real is this hype with Tony Pollard? How good is he? Um, How good is he? I'm not going to say he's an amazing athlete that's nothing we've seen before, or the level of Zeke, but, I mean, you ask guys who drafted James Connors last year when they also drafted Le'Veon Bell, and was it worth wasting a 14th or 13th round pick on James Conner? They're going to tell you yes. So that is the same mindset that I have going in with Tony Pollard. You look at the usage, like these pregame, these these preseason games tell you what player, what teams and coaches think about their offense, like how they want to see the personnel during the regular season. Last week, Dak played 13 snaps. Tony Pollard played every single one of them, got six touches on the first drive, finished it off with a nice 14-yard touchdown run. 
Um, he's a guy who contributed big time in the passing game in college, so he could do it on all three downs. He's versatile. It's not like he's a small guy. He's six six foot two ten, so he can handle the workload. And they're showing you that if Zeke is gone, he's gonna get the workload. The problem, as we discussed off the uh, of the air, was like, what is Zeke doing? Does anyone in the fantasy industry actually understand like? What is going to come from Zeke? Right. Like, what, what what does he gain from if he sat out a year? Because, you know, he's not Le'Veon Bell where he's 27 or 28 and he's worrying about his body breaking down. He's young. He's 23 or 24 or whatever. So Zeke sitting out for a year, not accruing a year towards free agency. I don't understand what that does. Right. So that makes me think, like, Zeke might be back. But at the same time, I'm not going to chance it. If I have Zeke and if you weren't drunk or whatever sure. level of, you know. I, I don't know what I was thinking. I, was just, I got I got. I had too much money left. I got, I got confused. You. You're off the tequila. I understand. There it is. And uh, I would have grabbed Tony Pollard. So if I'm drafting Zeke, okay. I will definitely be reaching up a round or two to grab, grab Pollard. Make sure you get him. He'll give you 75 to 80% of your production for when Zeke is out. That's the way I look at it. Or, EY, you have had Ezekiel Elliott number one throughout this season. Yesterday, you revealed that you switched Saquon Barkley into the number one spot. You moved Ezekiel Elliott down to two. Are you getting nervous? Yeah, I'm starting to get nervous uh, for sure. Um, I, I'm not going to move him from two until I hear one way or the other, because the reality is, is, is we don't know. We're not in these negotiations. They're not going to say, because that's not what, what NFL teams, not what a professional organization does. They're going to talk amongst themselves and figure it out. I believe that he will play in game one. He, he's played on this team um, running back. It, you know, it will be a new offense, which I think makes him an even more exciting player, and which is why I've had him in number one forever. Uh, I think it'll be a better offense. I think he will catch just as many, possibly even more balls than he did last year. Um, and, and the offense is going to be is going to threaten down the field a lot more than they did under Linehan. So uh, I'm still leaving him at two until I hear for sure he's saying he's not going to be there in week one. Now, I mentioned D.D. Westbrook a few moments ago, and I had to trade him away to go get Tony Pollard. It was annoying, but... You got to do what you got to do, ultimately. So, so I did. And the reason I traded away D.D. Westbrook instead of Moncrief, instead of the Packers wide receivers, instead of Emmanuel Sanders, is because I'm least confident out of those guys, even though Westbrook's ranked higher on most lists, I'm least confident in what D.D. Westbrook will do for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Like, I get why there's hype. I get the Nick Foles connection, the slot, right? I, I, I understand all that. What, Nick, do we expect out of this Jaguars offense, right? Like, how good truly is D.D. Westbrook? Are we sure that he's going to be better than uh, DJ Shark, for instance, Marquise Lee? I'm not. So where is this hype coming from with D.D. Westbrook? Uh, It's just the fact that he is, like, the de facto number one. He had, like, 700 receiving yards last year. When you look at his game logs, though, he had three games of more than 55 receiving yards. So he put up a dud in 13 out of 16 games. Like, do you want that as a fantasy owner? That's exactly why I traded him away. I, I looked up. Uh, that that was a great move by you. I couldn't like, okay. if anyone disagrees with that, I don't, I don't cool. think they have any idea what's going on, but I want, I will not draft a single Jaguars player in, I can be in 45 leagues. And, including Fournette. Including Fournette. I have no, like I, I have um, Dr. Morse of the fantasy doctors on my channel often to talk about injuries. And the thing with Fournette is people like to look at injuries, black and white, but Fournette's, had these ankle injuries and these ligament injuries, which are in turn like tearing down the ligaments in his ankles, and that's what's keep causing all these injuries. So it's like it's not it's more of a predictive thing when some than when someone pulls a hamstring. It's like these other injuries are occurring because he's weak in those areas of his his foot, his ankle, etc. So uh, Fournette's off my board just from an injury concern. I have no doubt that if he's healthy, whatever, um, he will get the work. But this passing game, I want no part of it. I don't think Westbrook's ceiling is much higher than he put on last year, which is not really that appetizing as a fantasy owner, you know? So I'm, I'm good on all Jaguars. All Jaguars. Didi Westbrook, EY, is also a hype guy. As I said, are you buying Didi Westbrook at this new ADP here of 87? 
I have him uh, in a lot of best ball leagues, and, and I do feel like at this point uh, he, he is the leading receiver there uh, of people to take. I'm not saying he's going to be the number one, but I think he's going to play in the slot. One thing I know for certain is Nick Foles loves to throw to the middle of the field, um, loves check down, loves loves slot rec- slot receivers and his tight end. Uh, I know I'd mentioned uh, Jeff Swaim is a guy that, that I'm taking in, in tons of best ball leagues. If you're a person that waits to the very last pick to take your tight end or second to last Jeff Swain is somebody that you can get um you can look it up I mean the stats uh, of Nick Foles over his career throwing to the tight end um that that's who he likes to throw to so I think Jeff Swain is going to be uh just volume wise is going to catch a ton of passes I think D.D. Westbrook will do the same thing um where he's going now, I don't know. It, it, it's tough to say. It is a dart throw because, I mean, we have no idea what this Jacksonville offense is going to look like with Nick Foles as the quarterback. The guys this morning in the morning after are talking about the odds to get fired as the first head coach. And Doug Marone was like 12 and a half to one. He was like, not one of the favorites. So I was like, that would kind of make sense. First coach to be fired. Uh, the favorites were, I didn't like who the favorites were. Like Pat Shermer was second. He's, there's no way they're firing right. anytime soon. Uh, Matt Patricia, I know, was third. That was like an interesting one. First was Jay Gruden, which I was like, is Dan Snyder firing him so quickly? I don't know. Uh, I mean, he's been, I feel like he's been on the chopping block for a while. Like, right. how, how many years can you give this guy for a, such a mediocre team? I don't think they draft well at all, and they haven't really played. I don't know, it's his fault. It's yeah, like, I don't think it's his fault, but I mean, this is a what, what can you do for me now league, so he'll, he'll get another shot elsewhere, and maybe it'll be a better, better personnel situation. Um, I, like, I like the chances of Matt Patricia being, being out of there, though. All right, so another New England failed head coach, potentially. Okay, a couple more hype guys I wanted to make sure we hit. And again, it was, it's at the running back spot. And a couple of guys come to mind because of what they've done and their rookies and what they've done this preseason. And a lot of the rookies do get hyped and pushed up, especially because the second half of the year is where you win. And Devin Singletary and Darwin Thompson, two guys that we've seen this preseason, two guys that we can see having roles later on in the season. Which one of those two players would you rather have? Sorry, what was this, the second part? Singletary and Thompson. Uh, I will take Singletary. I am, I'm not all in on Damien Williams, okay. but just like how uh, EY pointed out that um, a lot of the, the coach speak was for, uh, I forget who he was talking about, but like hyping up the player to make, uh, Dante Pettis, yep. right? A lot of this like, oh, he's running with the twos and yep. we need to get him better. I think that was very similar to the situation with Damian Williams. They said all summer it was Damian Williams' job, right? All summer, months and months and months. And then he pulled the hamstring and they're like, we need to see more out of him. Carlos Hyde's probably going to get cut. Um, so I like Thompson to fill in as that RB2, but I still think it's very much Damian Williams' backfield. The situation in Buffalo is much more interesting because that backfield is completely open for grabs, in my opinion. I mean, they bring in Yeldon, Singletary, Gore. They have Shady. Um, one, if not two of those guys, probably won't be with the team by the time the regular season starts. I'm assuming it's going to be Yeldon. The other guys are veterans. I'm sure they want to see what they have in the backfield out of Singletary. I love Singletary. He was just off film prior to the combine. He was my RB1, rookie RB1. Then he ran like a 4.65 at the combine, and I'm like, ugh. And I like what I've seen from him in preseason, but I think like the lack of athleticism is showing on TV, and you're seeing it when you're watching the games. So I question how high his ceiling really is. It's possible that he does take over the majority of touches there in Buffalo over the second half of the year, and I do think that's, that's very much in his range of outcomes and, and probably likely to happen. But I, I, I don't think it's going to be much more than like 13 to 15 touches on an offense that's like, eh, you know? So I'm, I'm not too high on Singletary. I, I will own him. Doesn't sound like you want either of these guys. No, not, not particularly. Is Justice Hill somebody that can interest you in? I love Justice Hill, too. So athletic, and he's looked so good. However, he's been the fourth running back in 
uh, for the Ravens in both preseason games. He's not getting any run. Like, he has to wait for Trace McSorley to get on the field as quarterback right. before he gets on the field. And you could say, like, I love his athleticism and his talent, but it's like, it's the Ravens, and we've known them to do this with other running backs before. And it's like, until I see him running with the ones, there's no reason to draft him because he's not going to be running with the ones. You know, so I like Hill, Dynasty, but not redraft. But isn't those one of those guys where you look back and you're like, wow, like Alvin Kamara kind of went off the second half of the season, and you have some of these guys that just go off the second half of the season, and you have these younger guys. Isn't now where you get them for nothing? Yeah, my problem with Hill is that we didn't even, like, you know, all these rookie running backs get hyped throughout the summer. Definitely. We didn't, we didn't hear anything from Hill's camp. It was all like Mark Ingram's going to yeah. get pass catching work. And it wasn't like when Kamara was there. They were saying that Kamara could have the same role as Darren Sproles had there. So it's like, even if you didn't believe it, you're like, oh, he's just another rookie in a crowded backfield. Yep. They were at least telling you what kind of role they had planned for him. And now you're not really hearing that with Justice Hill. And then the preseason games come and he's not taking any snaps with Lamar Jackson. So much as you love the guy, like you got to be objective when it comes to these, these running okay. backs, you know? Which of those rookie running backs, why can I interest you most in, whether it be Singletary, Thompson, or Justice Hill? Um, I mean, for me, it's they're all kind of the same. I, I think everyone thinks that that Singletary is is going to be the guy. I still find that hard to believe with Lashawn McCoy still there and healthy as of right now. I think as long as he's healthy, he's going to be the starting running back. He's one of the one of the best running backs to play over the last you know five or ten years. You can remember some of the stuff this guy can do when he's healthy. Uh, and I think people are are quick to forget that it's recency bias because he's been hurt. He's played on an awful team with awful quarterbacks with no receivers. A lot of that hasn't changed, but they brought in a lot of offensive line help. Um, that they they really kind of took to bolster that position. They're going to want to control the ball and run because Allen is not a, a a polished thrower yet, and he can run. And we know we've talked about this a thousand times. When there's a running quarterback, it always benefits the running backs. McCoy, I think, is the starter there. I don't I don't see Singletary starting. Um, I love Justice Hill's athletics, um, but I, I, I'm 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 cooling on him just because of what Nick said. Is like. I thought by now he would at least be getting the second crack at, at running back, but uh, I, I took him uh, late in the draft. Um, I want him because I have Ingram. Um, I, I'm also thinking about dropping somebody and picking up Gus Edwards because uh, I believe that the the Ravens could have the number one running game overall in the NFL this year, and in, especially in best ball. I've been doing that a bunch. I've been I've been drafting Ingram early, then getting Justice Hill around 10, 11, and then taking. Uh, Gus Edwards with my last pick, and that way I, whatever running back is playing and starting I, with the Ravens, I'm going to have. So I still like Justice Hill, and Darwin Thompson is a guy that has all the skills to fit in on this offense, all the intangibles to be a real thing. He doesn't have a ton of size. I think it's Damian Williams' job, but I still think Darwin Thompson will figure in uh, running back. They'll, they'll be getting him screens and and uh, catching passes out of the backfield tons. And And if Williams goes down, I think that his role will increase. There you go, the EY breakdown of all of these rookie running backs. One last running back I want to hit on before our, our you know what? And I'm not going to hit on it before the final break. We'll do it after the break. We've got 30 seconds left, and it's the rise of Kalen Balaj and the Miami Dolphins and Kenny and Drake's injury and how it all plays into fantasy football. That's coming up. Three questions in three minutes. Nick, Nick Arcolano is here. Eric Young is here. We have three minutes left in the show. This is what happens when you fly by, man, when you get all this fantasy information. Three minutes to go. We'll break it down and wrap things up. What up next? From 
from the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. All right, three questions, three minutes. Dave, before we get to it, plug away, my man. Whatever you need to plug, please. Uh, I don't I don't want to plug anything, but I, I'd like to give a shout-out to the Big Dogs team. Uh, Scott, Snacks, Animal, George, Noah, everyone working hard behind the scenes. Lucas, Luke, um, helping me produce the content that we put out five days a week, six days a week sometimes, depending on what we did the night before. It's usually very high quality. Hopefully uh, the audience agrees. So thank you for all the support that we've had so far this Where summer. Where can they check it out, man? Uh, you could just type my name into uh, YouTube, Nick Ercolano, and you will find my channel. There you go. Nick Ercolano. Check out everything that he has um, going on. It's fantastic stuff. When, when Frankie brought him in the first time, I was jealous I couldn't be here. Uh, and now Frankie's gone. I'm sure he's jealous. He can't be here as well. Speaking of plugs, EY, I want to give you a chance to plug everything you're doing tomorrow. Yeah, we're doing a, a telephone with uh, the CBS, uh, CBS Fantasy guys, me, Jamie Eisenberg, Heath Cummings, Adam Azer. Uh, I know Nando DeFino is going to call in. The fantasy footballers are going to call in. Chris Harris is going to call in. Um, it, it really is the who's who of, of the fantasy world, and, and I'll be there too. So there you go, live from Fort Lauderdale at the CBS studios, EY uh, flying in. So it will be a fantastic, fantastic cause. All right, I've already wasted a minute. So, Nick, in or out on Kalen Balazs? Very far out. <laughs> I want nothing to do with this Miami backfield. Now that Drake's in the walking boot, it's, you know, he's hopeful for week one, which means he's not going to be ready for week one. Balage can't handle a full workload. Um, not a good running back. He's a good pass catcher, but this is a team that might be the worst team in the NFL. So I don't want a running back. On Same that. question to you, Eric. Yeah, I was uh, I was sticking to my guns with Drake. Uh, I don't think Balage is a guy that can carry the ball uh, a bunch. I, I feel like he's a goal line guy. Look, he's a huge body and stuff, but he he's just um, he's not a great athlete. Drake is a great athlete, but he's in the walking boot. He's probably not going to play week one. So these are, are are guys that are really far down. Miami is a mess, but I do believe that some of the receivers here could be of a high value because they're going to have to throw the ball, and Fitzpatrick isn't afraid. Question two, quickly, Jamison Crowder's current ADP sits at 130. Is that too high or too low? Nick? Uh, it's about right. He's not someone I've ever gotten really excited about, but he has admittedly looked very good this preseason. Uh, camps, uh, The reports out of camp are that they're targeting him very heavily. I think he could have a big, big role with Chris Herndon out the first four weeks. Question three, Nick, give me one player everybody has to draft. Um, I will stick with Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones. Third round. There you go. Third round. There's your guy. Nick Arcolano, we appreciate it. The big dog. Thank you. Come back anytime. It's been a blast. EY is off tomorrow. Genius Hawkins will be here. I'll be here. Hopefully you will be too. We hope. We come and bike. <laughs>